Hey everybody, welcome back to a pro wrestling podcast with Matt and friends. My name is Matthew Kozakowski and today I have the privilege to be welcoming Devin from Clark Street Wrestling Podcast to the show. How you doing today, Devin? Hey, what's going on, Matt? You know, you should say an old friend, man, because we go way back, sir. We go way back. <laughs> used to work together. Used to be wrestling friends. You know all that right, shit. Man. So right, right. We kicked it know. off, man. I was like, oh so, shit, you in the wrestling? Yes, sir, I am. <laughs> hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. And you know that's where we hit it off big time. You know, big wrestling fans, and you know a lot of people aren't into wrestling like they used to be, and more people are actually starting to get back into it. So it's actually pretty cool. But uh, no, man, I, you know, like I said, I haven't been doing the podcast in a little bit, so I'm hoping the fans will get back into it a little bit, too. Um, You being on here is a good introduction. So everybody that's listening, please check out Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. My man Devin here every week on his podcast doing his thing. Um, So we're going to get right into it, man. Um, So we watched Monday Night Raw last night. Um, Monday Night Raw started, started off hot with a... In my opinion, you know, like I just said, the Bleacher Report gave it a D minus. But Randy Orton <laughs> promo, man, I thought it was solid, man. I mean, it was a different side of him. It was, um, it what was. did you think about that, man? I loved it because you know what? I I I'll admit, last week I was kind of thrown off by that goofy shit about a yoga flame, yoga fire from uh, Alexa Bliss. Like it was entertaining, but in the end, it was still kind of goofy. But I like how Randy Orton responded to it so that was cool i thought maybe he might wear some big ass blue blocker shades or something like that you know what i'm saying because he's blinded by it but nah he's he's playing it off like he's actually scarred so you got the mask you see the nose little disfigured i'm like shit he going all in okay oh uh, uh, that's what's up so i am enjoying this new randy orton persona if you will so the only thing with that too, so I was uh, I was on Instagram or something earlier and I seen a picture that Randy Orton's wife took and it was literally on the 17th, so the day before, and he has no mask on, his face is perfectly fine. And then you go to Monday Night Raw where they show a little redness and stuff, you could tell, and then he's got that mask on, which it was kind of interesting, you know, it kind of gave that whole different feel. And hopefully they don't do something with CM, like they did with CM Punk uh, years back where they did the whole shave in the head um you know put the mask on and they did yeah. a whole stupid storyline with that hopefully they could get that mask off Borden sooner than later um I, but you know what I, think- I want him to keep it on for the royal rumble that would be cool if he come in for <laughs> rumble with that mask on wrestling with it that would be entertaining that wouldn't actually be boring just seeing something different aesthetically seeing something different from randy yeah at the royal rumble and that'd be perfect too one of the big four well because randy orton's been the same thing Ever since back after Evolution ended, after he turned heel for the first time again after his face turn, you know, same attire, same mannerisms. I mean, he goes back and forth between being a good guy, bad guy. And, you know, it's the same thing like the big show. You get kind of tired of that. But Randy Orton, I think, right now is at the best in his career right now. Um, So I think what you said, too, I mean, seeing the mask, seeing something different with Orton, um, Hopefully he carries that over into his mannerisms into the matches too. I mean, kind of plays a little, little bit differently. Um, yeah. You know, new game changes, good, stuff like good, that. Good so point. we'll see what happens. 
we'll see what happens in the near future here. But I do give um, Orton's promo a really solid, solid grade, not a D minus for sure. <laughs> so what would you grade it then? Honestly, man, it was probably one of his best. I mean, because it wasn't overly drawn out, and he didn't have to really, um, you know, you could tell he wasn't worried about sticking to the script. He felt more comfortable being backstage. He felt he more comfortable. He has so much leeway nowadays. It's, it's not even funny, man. So I, I can believe how, you know, if he wanted to shoot from the hip with this promo, man. Yeah. And I think, man, I I give I give it a B. I give it a B. I don't B? give it a B. You get a B? I give it a B. You'd be surprised, man. I'm going to give it a solid A, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Just the way it caught me off guard. Because I was I like... Think I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't expect this. I expected something a little bit more tame, but yet you know, it, it predictable. So I thought he might be wearing some sunglasses, or not even, not even react, you know, react to it at all. But now he's you know putting this mask on, talking a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? You got the you got the the, the burn mark showing. So all oh, that's cool, bro. Fair enough, man. Yeah, no, I get that for sure. I mean. The only thing that the only reason I give it a B and it wasn't because of it being like bad or anything like that. I think it was a little too drawn out and it took a decent amount in the beginning for a solo promo. You know, no interruptions, nobody coming out. So it was just too long, I think, a little bit. Um, and it kind of I think I think you do you hear what I'm saying, man? Like. I kind of see I, I, it. With, with me, well, that's how you feel, bro. With me, I took it different, man. Sometimes I like a slow pace. And the if you look at it, the, the setting, the environment fit that pace. You know, he's in a dark setting. He's showing, he's showing film, too. He's showing what's going on. So it's just not all talk, too. So it's going back and forth through the transition. So I'm cool with that. If it was just all talk, then maybe I'll probably agree with that. Like, yeah, it's a little bit drawn out. But he's actually, you know, going back to the, he's, you know, going back to the video, showing you what happened before, and actually, you know, a couple of weeks before that too. So all this is cool with me. Yeah, I mean, fair enough, fair point. I mean, because yeah, he did show uh, when he was burning Bray Wyatt and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. that is fair. I mean, so I'll give it a B B plus. I'll give it a all B right. plus. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, solid promo there. Um, you know, you go from that promo straight into uh, Charlotte versus Peyton Royce. Um, what do you think about the Charlotte, Ric Flair, Lacey Evans thing going on? I, I don't know how everybody else feels. For me, it's entertaining. If you if it's being inter, if I'm being entertained, then uh, you know it's it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna completely shit on it, man. You know, you're using you're using actually Ric Flair the right way to actually level up somebody on your roster, a, another female, you know, which is Lacey Evans. And Charlotte is kind of taking a step back from the Raw, Women, Raw Women's Championship with practically everybody wants. So we can't really, you know, you know, piss, be pissed about that. So now this is cool, man. Uh, you know, with this whole little rivalry going on and almost this is like Charlotte's doppelganger, if you want to call that, man. You know, they have the they have the same stature, same blonde hair, almost the same mannerisms. How they up, you know, how they hold themselves. So that's both how I see. It. Women, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> both, both beautiful women. Um, the only thing that gets me, so Lacey Evans, when she debuted, uh, I think it was two years ago. Yeah. Um, she started off where she was, you know, when she turned face on SmackDown, 
she did this whole thing where it was her daughter, her husband, all this stuff. And she played that modern mom, like, you know, like I'm going to protect what's mine, you know? And then you go into a storyline with Ric Flair being like that romantic kind of style, you know, it kind of makes you feel like, yo, a year ago you were playing it where she was all up with her daughter and her husband, (laughs) stuff like that. And now you're doing it into something completely different. Um, which I'm cool with because Lacey Evans, I think is fantastic. Uh, I've liked her since the get go. I think she's great. I think she's got a bright future ahead of her. I think they dropped the ball on her by not giving her the title when she first started going for it. Um, back when she was going against Becky Lynch. Um, I think that would have been a great stepping stone. I think, you know, I don't think beating Bailey was the right choice. I think if you were going to make something out of Lacey Evans, beating Becky Lynch would have been the right choice. Um, and I think they dropped the ball on that. Okay. I, I could see people reasons why that, you know, how people, they don't agree with with Lacey Evans, how she's just all of a sudden just flipped the switch. But with me, I roll with it like this. This is how WWE rolls for years. You know, they just drop storylines at a dime and a hat. So this is the formula. If if this was just something out of the whack, then yeah, I'll point it out. But they just roll like this. And they tried before and it didn't stick. It didn't land. You know, this is actually this story. You know, even though it's kind of ass backwards from a year ago, it's actually working, you know, for her, for her uh, character. It's actually elevating her character. Now you see her in a whole different light because now she's just attached herself to Ric Flair, which is cool, man, which is how you're supposed to be using the legend, too. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, I get that, too. I mean, Ric Flair being the dirtiest player to the game, you know, elevating another talent that's not his daughter because his daughter doesn't <laughs> need that, man. I mean, nah. It was cool. It was cool right in the beginning of her career when she first started on the main roster and Rick was coming out with her, you know, because she wasn't a well-known name yet. You know, now Charlotte Flair, you know, love her or hate her, you can't diss her talent because that woman is fantastic in that ring. She knows what she's doing. Mm -hmm. I want to say this, uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago or whatever, they showed her doing her finish, the natural selection, um, and she didn't even connect. Like, she flipped over the person. I think it was Peyton Royce. And, like, Peyton Royce, like, you could tell, you could see in the video that they had, like, she was still sitting up. And then when Charlotte oh, hit yeah, the ground, yeah, I remember that. Down, yeah. You know? It, it was so a little, it was was little like, weak, on, on, weak on both because Peyton Royce, the way she sold it, it was, it was like, ah, oh, okay, it's a little soft on the impact. Yeah, it was rough, man. But Peyton Royce, I mean, that's the thing with her, too, is I was reading something today and people are actually surprised that Billy Kay is getting a bigger push now than Peyton Royce. And Peyton Royce was supposed to be the breakout star. Um, You know, that's what they were saying. But the thing was, if you're going to book Peyton Royce in a tag team, you're going to book Billy Kay in a tag team. Why break up the Iconics? That's you know <laughs> that's that, that's a conundrum I'm still trying to figure out, man. You know, it it's it's, it's still boils my mind like what like why? Why the fuck would y'all do that? That just makes no goddamn sense. Like, okay, if you're gonna set them up for single star careers, I get that. Wholeheartedly I get that. But, but they split up to do two different tag teams. 
<laughs> and Billy Kay doesn't even have a direction with the team because she was with Tamina, then Natalia, now she's with the Riot Squad. Like, you know, do something with these girls because they're talented. They're great. You know, I yeah. call them my Aussie girls because they're 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 my Aussie girls, you know. Yeah. And, and breaking up the iconics was a terrible choice. I mean, you brought back the Riot Squad, which was cool, and then you break up the iconics. Which you could tell there was tension between the two of them, you know, show-wise, because they're friends in real life. Yeah. But you could tell that there was tension show-wise between the two of them. And watching them break up was just hard because they're great. And you don't really have a lot of solid women tag teams in the WWE right now. No, not anymore. And it was on the on like on the cusp of building something, and then they just like, nah, fuck that. We're gonna give the titles to Charlotte and Asuka. We're gonna do some double champs to this woman, that woman. Yep. <laughs> so. You know, and I was cool with the whole Bailey and Sasha thing, you know, being champ champs, you know, yeah. both women champion, both tag team champions. So I was cool with that. I liked Shayna and Nia together. I didn't think I would, but I did. Um, them getting the titles dropped to Charlotte and Asuka. I think that ruins a lot just because Charlotte and Asuka don't need gold to show who they are. You know, Nia and Shayna needed that. They needed to elevate those titles because not only do you have a badass in Shayna Baszler, but you got Nia Jax who, yeah, she fucking causes damage like nothing. You know, you yeah. know, all yeah, she's got to be a little bit safer. That's it. A little bit yeah. safer, but you know what? I I like Nia, man, and I can't I can't diss her. Oh no, I'm not going to diss her. That I'm just saying, like she is on point when it comes to her character. You know what I'm saying? She is annoying as heel, and that's that heel she's supposed to be. You know, her offensive move set is basically down. It defines her character too, as well. It's just you know, a couple of times been botchy, hurting your, not being safe. You know, and it's starting to be a pattern. So. I'm just saying, like, if you want to go down to the, you know, the PC, just like everybody else, they want to send down there with Keith Lee, go ahead and send her down there and clean it up. Yeah. And I, I, that, that blows my mind about the Keith Lee thing. <laughs> I'll say, right? <laughs> Keith Lee is ridiculously talented. There's no reason he should be in Performance Center. You know, I get you want to kind of condition him to be a little bit better, for sure. I get it. But Keith Lee doesn't need that. He's great already. Uh, bring Nia down there, you know, bring her down there, make her a little safer. But all in all, man, Charlotte versus Peyton, I thought was pretty solid. I think it went a little longer in a match than it, it should have. They went three commercial breaks with that. Yeah, match. I was just about to say two, but you said three. Holy shit. Yeah, that was a good, yeah, they, that was a good uh, match. A good, long it match. was pretty good. I mean, it showed Peyton who she really is, and it gave her a chance to elevate her name. Against somebody with the caliber of Charlotte Flair. Mm -hmm. um, so solid match there. Um, you know, I, I think watching Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans together, I think something will happen eventually there. Um, moving forward, next we have uh, Mace versus, uh, or no, was it Mace? Yeah, Mace from Retribution versus Xavier Woods. Um, first things first, what do you think about Retribution? Trash. The most trash ass faction of of all factions of pro wrestling history you know like you set them up to be something and i'm like okay it's different 
And I'm like, but still, it was still trash. And then Ali pop up. I'm like, oh, okay. Ali's going to be the, be the leader? Cool. And then it's still being trash anyway. I'm like, oh, man. Uh, so that's 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 what I think of Retribution as a do you think, total faction. Do you think they're trash because of the storylines they have? Or do you think they're trash because of their name, their gimmick? It's not even their names, man. It's it's just the way they've been booked. It it was like they got. I remember when they was in a somewhat rivalry with the Hurt Faction. They got fucking squashed by Bobby. I remember T Bar was slapping the neck meat. This is what he was doing. He was quitting. <laughs> he quit, even though Ali didn't get on his ass, but he was getting on everybody else. You know, like yeah. Mia Yim for quitting and all of that. You're a failure, but he, he should have got on T Bar. He was the one that quit against Bobby. He like yeah, he, made, he, he squashed the entire team, man. I was like, come on, crazy. you can't do you can't do retribution like that. That's crazy to me because here, here's the thing. I mean, like you said, I mean, he got on Mia, he got on all of them, but that's the thing, man. So you know who they are, you know, behind those masks, behind everything. The only one you can't really tell who he is is obviously Slapjack, which we all know. If you're a big wrestling fan, is Shane Thorne. Thorne. Um, but you can tell who the other ones are behind the mask. And the thing is, is they they on Twitter on everything they they take those gimmicks seriously, and it's so cool to see that. But you know, I think people diss on them a lot because of their names and the gimmick too, which is very sad. But here's the thing: I mean, when they did the Hurt Business versus Retribution, I was pulling for Hurt Business the entire time. Uh, you know, as much as I like Dominic Di- Dijakovic um, and I like Shane Thorne, I like Mia Yim. I never really watched Dio Madden on the independence, you know, mm-hmm. before came to WWE. So I never really got to watch his matches. So I can't really say much about him. He's a big dude. Uh, he botched his finish last night. If you caught that, I don't know if you caught that, but he botched. Oh, yeah, yeah. His finisher. It was like he almost almost fucked it up. He almost cut it hurt Xavier, actually. Yeah, yeah, he's almost like slipped and dropped him. Like, oh shit! <laughs> he bought the hell out of it, and I was yeah. like, "Yo, dude, he just literally landed. Like, he just took a bump himself. Like, there was no like force to it at all. His yeah. finisher when he hit it against Ricochet was was solid, and and I'll say that I I liked when he hit the finisher. I thought it was cool. I thought it was like, "Yo, dude, this is something new. We really haven't seen it much, so it's pretty cool." And then when he hit it on Xavier last night, I was like, yeah, dude, what the hell are you doing? You know, <laughs> I think he's a cool dude. You know, I know he came from real, uh, reality or wrestling with Booker T. Um, you know, he's got a solid future. I, I think he's got a solid future as a big guy. Um, still young in his career, so we'll see where he goes for sure. Um, I don't understand what Retribution is doing, though, because they literally just went from Ricochet to Xavier like nothing. It's just been dropping storylines, bro. It's the time of it's act. crazy. It's you crazy. You know, just go from one rivalry to another. Like they have, like they still have unfinished business with with the hurt business. You know, they got they have unfinished business with with the fiend. I remember when the fiend attacked them and the hurt business at the same night. Man, they got they got dominated. That's why I believe when they got to me, they got squashing my eyes right there. I'm like, yeah. you can't book nobody like that. You know. You know, with the stupid, stupid names or not, you know, still 
<laughs> I was going back to uh, I was going back to their debut re- retribution, and I was thinking about this when they first started their first night on Raw. Like they had a backstage like outside vignette kind of thing where they threw like fire bombs at a friggin' speaker. I don't know if oh, you the remember Molotov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So, and then they started jumping for joy and running away. And if you think about it right now, you think about who's in retribution. Do you really see them jumping for joy like that? Like, oh hell no, nah, man! It was you know they was running deep too, at least 20, 30 yeah. of them. <laughs> and it's crazy, man. I mean, all these factions. I mean, to me, a faction is like how the NWO was, where they have like seven or eight people. You know, factions now are very limited. You got one faction in all of wrestling right now that's actually a faction, and that's the inner circle. I was just about to say that, yeah. Everybody else, it's it's four people max, and that's uh, it. You got the nightmare family, but I don't know. I, just, uh. I don't really count that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Everywhere with that. Yeah, man. He just signing you know? everybody on to the nightmare family. I'm gonna add <laughs> Billy Gunn. I'm gonna add this. <laughs> they just put Lee Johnson on there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think the I think the team Taz is actually going to be something. Who knows? But Taz Taz knows what he's doing. You know, but that's a whole different show for a yeah. whole different time. Um, but you know, it's sad to see Xavier Woods. You know, in these matches because he's a talented guy as it is, um, and watching him, you know, not not get to the point where he should as a solo wrestler. I mean. I watched Xavier back when he was Consequences Creed in TNA, you know, and I was behind him big time. I thought this kid was young. He was talented. He was hungry. Like, you know, there was no tomorrow. And then I remember when he got signed by, it was FCW at the time. And uh, they were going to start teaming him up with Tyler Breeze. Well, at the time, his name was Mike Dalton. Um and there's pictures on Google and stuff if you ever look it up. But they had a team going together, and their manager was going to be somebody named Audrey Marie, who ended up actually being Tyler Breeze's wife uh, in real life, which is pretty cool. But I think something like that, their chemistry together, because if you watch Up, Up, Down, Down, and uh, as oh, Tyler yeah. Breeze said, left, right, left, right, or whatever, um, you know, they have good chemistry together, and I think that could have been something great. I like Fandango and Tyler Breeze together. I like the New Day, but the New Day kind of gets a little too much now. You know, it, it's overplayed. It's ran its course. I well, mean, stale right now. Yeah, you know, you don't have Biggie anymore. Who honestly, at this point, was the most charismatic in that entire group. Um, you have the talent in Kofi, but you have the Smarts and Xavier Woods, and Xavier Woods knows this who can who can kill it. You know, phenomenal promo, bro. Xavier? Yeah. And he's great, man. He's great. And and WWE, I feel like when they put New Day together, they had no direction for any oh, of these three. Everybody games. saw that. And it, it's crazy because when Xavier came up, he came up with R-Truth. Big E came up with Dolph Ziggler. Then you had Kofi doing all these different tag teams like it was nothing. You know? And now you have Big E on SmackDown. You have Xavier going against Retribution, and then Kofi's injured. And then they're trying to cut promos on Kofi. If you watched last night, Ali cut a promo on Kofi. Yeah. You know, and Kofi cut happened. another promo on uh, Ali responding to him. It's, on, it's floating around on Instagram. So it looked like yep. we might be setting up 
which I it would be nice and if they want to do a callback, you know, for Ali getting mad at Kofi for taking this WrestleMania spot, man. So if you want to kick off something like that and they have a match at WrestleMania because it is going to be two nights again, I'm down yep. for that. I'd be down too, man, because you know what? I think Ali and Kofi could put on one hell of a match together. Oh, fuck yeah. You know, Ali, Ali, all the matches he had on 205 Live. That's awesome, man. I was watching 205 when Ali was there, Murphy was there, Tazawa. You know, when the whole, when, when two, you know, when Pac, when, when 205 was you know, 205 right now, I can care less, but yeah. I, I watch it now, and it's it's crazy because now you got guys on there like uh, Austin, or what is it? I think they're going by, uh, shoot, something green, um, or Austin Gray or Anthony Gray or something like that, which is uh, Anthony Green um, from, like, PWG and Evolve and all that stuff. And he's he's talented, and if you ever watch any of his matches on 205, this dude hits a top rope springboard on Prettier. Kill Switch, as Christian renamed it. And it's it's an awesome fucking move, dude. You have to check it out. It's great. Um, you know, you got him. You got Kurt Stallion, who's on a roll. You know, these are guys you could also check out on NXT, obviously. You know, 205's changed a lot since originals. You had Rich Swan, You had Cedric. You had all these guys. And it just went to shit, you know. Yeah. And some of the matches are still cool, but they don't have the card that they used to. And, um, you know, but you showed Ali's, um, like, greatness in all the matches he had, especially with Buddy Murphy, who obviously puts on a hell of a match regardless Crazy. of the match this man yeah. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean, the only thing that's going to get to me is if Kofi's out for a while, longer than WrestleMania, and then they – Retribution keeps bouncing storylines until Kofi comes back. Did you watch the video that Instagram he put out when he responded? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I think he said he'll be back next week. Kofi? Yeah. I I think because when I was watching it, I, I don't I may have missed that part, but I know he said that he doesn't know how long his injury is going to be, whether it's a long time or whether it's sooner or later. He'll be back and he'll you know deal without Lee and Retribution. Which will be cool because, you know, Kofi's been around the block for quite some time, you know, and to elevate somebody else like Mustafa Ali, I, I think that gives him all the potential. And there's oh, been yeah, rumors. He's down that, for that. Kofi's down for that, too. Yeah. And there's been rumors now that Ali's got backstage heat for the promo he cut a couple weeks ago <laughs> on Popping Raw. Uh, yeah. I saw that. But he wasn't, he wasn't wrong, though, man. Shit. He no, he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't. And I give him a lot of credit, you know, because, you know, as much as I like the legends, you know, they paved the way, everything like that. But here's the thing. They're bringing in legends that are just names at this point. Like, they don't have anything in the wrestling business anymore. And they're there taking time away from guys like Ali. And that's exactly what he said. And, you know, now you have Bill Gober coming back. Again, <laughs> to fight a match against Drew McIntyre. Oh, and it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me because last time Goldberg came out, he had a match against The Fiend and won the title. And then he lost the title to Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman. at WrestleMania. And then seconds. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Crazy. And, you know, I'm not a big Braun Strowman fan. I really am not. Um, 
I've talked about this with a lot of people that are into wrestling, stuff like that, but Braun Strowman, he's just got the look. He he can't he can't move like the big show did in Big Show's Prime. I think the big show, as far as a big guy goes, back in 2000, 2001, 99, whatever, Big Show was fantastic. The way he looked, the way he moved, everything like that, he was great. Braun Strowman is a big dude that runs around the ring, shoulder blocks somebody, goes back in the ring, power slams him, one, two, three, that's it. Um, And what's wrong with that, though? What's wrong with having a a power set move that actually fits your character. He doesn't need to be, he doesn't, first first of all, he doesn't even need to be anywhere near the Big Show because we'll just talk about the Big Show. He doesn't need to be like a a, a Keith Lee, like a big guy, but a cruiserweight. Let him who he be, who is he be. You know what I'm saying? They, he was, he was on a roll before they started messing up his, his momentum, man. Like he was about to go against, you know, Samoa Joe when he went against Brock Lesnar. Uh, well, she should have got the belt off of, off of Brock Lesnar. I think that's where they fucked up, man, when when they didn't pull the trigger on that. And I thought he should have got the belt off of Brock Lesnar because he had all the momentum on his side. And they just – he could have been like, I don't know, maybe maybe may the, the face of the company or at least carry the brand for a while until they find, you know, the, the next face of the company. But he was just on a roll back then, man. About that. I mean, when he came in, when he came in with the Wyatt family, he did like, as uh, is, is Chris Saban would call it, the over easy, where he had him backwards in like a gut wrench position. Yeah. And like he would twist him and drop him down. Um, and then he hit a reverse choke slam. And he did more moves than what he's doing now. And they started dying that down. I mean, give him a little bit more. Don't Don't limit him because he could be more. He's got that potential. I've seen it. You know, they seen him do a run and drop kick. You've seen him go off the top rope. Like yeah. you've seen him, you know, do something like, as you say, a little bit more, man. So I, I've seen it. Uh, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he brought something back else, man. You know, if, if, if whenever Braun comes back, like if he brought something else to his uh, arsenal. I'm hoping so, man, because you know what? Braun Strowman has that look, man. He's got it. And, yeah. you know, if they would have pushed him back when they should have, I think it could have been more. When they were, doing, they were doing the hardcore squash matches, the three-on-ones, four-on-ones, whatever, they should have elevated him right off the bat and should have did it then. Now you pushed him at the wrong time when there's no crowds, gave him a universal title match where people actually enjoy watching Braun. But it's the same thing with Drew McIntyre. You gave Drew the title with no fans. And then you had a chance to give the title to Bobby Lashley. You didn't. But you gave it You gave it to Orton again, which as much as I want to see Orton break the record, as much as I want to see that happen. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's all about, though. I think it's Bobby Lashley's chance. I, th- I thought it was his time. You it's know. his time right now, man. It's his time right now. You saw it in this match for, for Monday Night Raw, like in that, in that fucking what was that a six man tag against yeah. uh, Lucha House and Matt Riddle? Like he destroyed yeah. everybody. He was like, like her business. Shelton and and uh, Cedric couldn't get on the same page. He was like, man, bump this. I'm gonna take to it myself. Tag, tag <laughs> Cedric in really hard. He's like, I got this shit. Get out. You know. <laughs> 
fucking kill him. And Bobby Lashley's a beast. He really is. Oh, my and God. I, I like the promo he did backstage where he's, like, uh, talking about <laughs> fucking sandals and stepped on his foot, you know? It was cool, man. It was funny, you know? It was a different side of Bobby Lashley you don't see often. But Bobby Lashley's a beast. He really is. Oh and I think God. they should have capitalized him back on 2007, 2008 when he was there. They didn't. And I think when he left, he elevated his name more than he ever could have in WWE when he first started. When he was in Impact and TNA, elevated his name. His MMA career speaks for itself because that dude was actually really good. Um, you know, coming back to WWE, they dropped the ball on him for a little bit. And, you know, everybody that watches wrestling right. knows that. Um when they turned it into the whole Rusev, Lana, Bobby Lashley shit, God, it's they started to slowly, slowly build Bobby Lashley back up. Um, WrestleMania this past year, you had Aleister Black beat Bobby Lashley, which was difficult to watch because now, where's Aleister Black? <laughs> At home? Hoping that he you can know. get it back on TV, man. Oh. I don't think it's going to happen, man. I don't think nah, it's going to happen. I think nah. Zelina Vega, his wife, you know, I think uh, WWE has a bad taste in their mouth for some reason with her and they're using it against him. Um, you know, Aleister Black, one of the most talented wrestlers they have in that ring, you know, and they're just dropping the ball on him just like they do a lot of others, you know, and it's really sad to watch. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of messed up. Like, that is, like, right now the – the format for an NXT call up on the men's side, I, I say, because the women's women's are fine. You know, they're they're pretty much cool. It's it's just I don't know why they treat the men like they have to just script them down to to like to nothing. Like you know, Keith, let's take Keith Lee for example. They changed up his moveset. He was more of a half and half, just powerful yeah. and aerial. Now he's mostly power. Power. They finally let him go against that Drew McIntyre match. Uh, what was that, a week or two ago? Yeah, they finally let him go do that. That was cool. But you see how they, you know, when they do these call-ups, man, it's, you know, they change up your music. They want to change up your, your costume a little bit. Maybe change up your name. Maybe drop you down to one name. Yeah. <laughs> Antonio Cesaro, you know. Right. <laughs> but, no, I get that too. And, you know, it's crazy to think that because here's, here's the thing. Bianca Belair got called up last year. You know, they really didn't do much with her, and now they're finally doing stuff with her. Um, you know, but you have, like you said, it's something about the guys that get it differently where they strip them down to being what they weren't on NXT. You know, you had Keith Lee doing his finisher was called the Big Bang Catastrophe. Yes. Where it was like a, <laughs> a fireman's carry into a jackhammer, you know. And I thought that move was great. But have we seen that on the main roster at all? You know, it, it's really sad to watch that because, you know, he's like you said, he has aerial moves. Dude is ridiculously, ridiculously agile for his size oh and everything. Remember, he used you to know? get down and strike and do like a, a roundhouse kick, too. That used to be like part of his weekly matches like he'll just go in and start yeah. doing striking and he'll just go in and do a roundhouse you don't even see that shit anymore probably like yeah. the last time you've seen it was like uh survivor series when he went went against uh roman reigns yeah and you know it's rough man i mean you, you watch these guys like alistair black and like keith lee and they change their stuff so much that it's like who is this guy 
You know, they did the same thing with KO, and now KO is becoming a little bit more, you know, again. And hopefully, hopefully they do something with KO. I mean, Roman Reigns right now is the hottest thing in all of WWE. And I see all the Roman Reigns shirts yes. behind you, right here. you know. Right here. But, or right here, yeah. Looking at the wrong camera. Right here. <laughs> Roman, Roman's ridiculously talented, man. And it, it, a lot of people didn't like him. I didn't like him. At first, you know, they pushed I didn't like him, him at first, man. I'll admit that, man, because the way they would just force him down our throats and make him say these yep. god awful promos, sucker and suck a tash. And who talks like that? Not yep. a cool guy like that. And he talks like that, like a lame old, like, no, I'll this man. <laughs> when they should have pulled the trigger on Roman Reigns, should have been the year that Batista oh, won yeah. the Royal yep. Rumble. Yeah. Instead yeah, of Reigns, yeah, that was that. his chance, and then the following year when Reigns won, people hated the oh, shit out. Yeah. They even tried to and, bring Rock out there just to ease the crowd, and that shit didn't work, yep. man. They still were like, "Boo!" Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. The Rock couldn't save him. No. But now, now I would love to see a live crowd with the, the the head of the table. I would love to see a crowd boo this man because it's not a general like Roman sucks. It's a he's playing the hero role, good as shit. Oh, and they're booing the hell out of him. Perfect. They're booing the hell out of him just for TV. Yes. He's getting people pissed off for a Adam Pierce, for a possible Adam Pierce and Roman Reigns at Royal Rumble. He got y'all. He hook line and sinker every last single one of y'all motherfuckers who got pissed off and complained. My tribal chief, yeah. that's what he's doing ahead of the table, sir. Man. <laughs> Crazy, man. I can't wait to see Jimmy Uso come back. Usos running together, yes, out of shit. Yes, the blood. You know, it looks like it looks like Apollo Cruz might be joining them too. Oh my God! Thank God, man, because he needed that. Because yeah. I didn't honestly, after that, you know, rivalry he had with Bobby Lashley, I thought he was done. Like, yep. I thought he was just gonna be be there. You might see my main event. He might be jobbing to somebody just for a two minute match, and that was it, bro. Well, it's crazy. Did you even know he got traded to SmackDown? I did. Even even after even with SmackDown, I didn't see him doing anything, bro. I'm like, it was too. The stars over there was just at the time was just too big. I'm like, he's not gonna do anything over there. He just got he just lost bad to Bobby Lashley. You lost. You tapped two times in a row. He made yeah. you quit two times in a row, bro. <laughs> it is nuts because like I remember it was before the draft when he was United States champion, lost the title to Lashley. You know, he was still going with the Hurt Business. You know, Cedric turned on him and Ricochet, you know, joined the Hurt Business. And then all of a sudden, like, the draft happened. And I didn't even see that Cruz got drafted to SmackDown. Oh, and I'm sitting there watching Raw week after week. And I'm like, bro, he was just on my TV. And yeah. you guys disappeared, you know. And it's, it's nuts, you know, because you got so much talent on both rosters that don't get utilized well enough. I mean... You got, you got, like, I know we're not talking about SmackDown right now, but Chad Gable, I mean, honestly, hands down, Chad Gable is by far the most underrated pro wrestler on Raw and SmackDown combined. I think he's, I think he's due for a breakout year because of Daniel Bryan, because of Daniel Bryan being part of the creative team. And you saw that, you know, on TV, on SmackDown, how he's putting over you know, like he put over Cesaro the la last week, put over Shinsuke the week before that. Now yeah. he's doing backstage promos 
with, you know, with Chad Gable and, and Otis, man, putting them over that way, talking about I'm doing this training, this Alpha American training, bro. He's doing all of that, man. It's, you yeah. know, just doing, saying all the good things to put people over on TV, man. Well, he started doing the same thing with Drew Gulak, and then all of a sudden Drew Gulak becomes a joke into a serious wrestler back into a joke. Yes. And if anybody knows Drew Gulak from the independents, this man can wrestle any of them to the highest degree, and, and he's just great. And WWE makes him look like a joke. And I don't know if they're doing it where he's okay with it, if he's comfortable with it, because he was actually supposed to only be signed to be a trainer. And they put him on TV. And I think this is his way of getting other people over. But you're making him look like he's a, a loser instead of giving him a chance to shine. Yeah, you see him just chase after the 24-7s, you know, various disguises. I, I can see that, man. I, I definitely agree. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, how they're just utilizing him. You know, Drew Gulak lately, like, I would like to see him be paired up back with Brian if that's possible because, you know, now he's part of the creative team, so I don't even see why he could do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, he in the future. Jump raw. He made the jump to Raw, and I don't even remember that happening either. Oh, yeah, yeah. shit, well. But <laughs> speaking of Raw, let's get into the next match. We had uh, Shayna Baszler versus Mandy Rose. Um, you know, Mandy Rose, she's just got the look, man. She doesn't – I don't think she's that great in the ring right at the moment. I think she's got an opportunity to be something bigger, at least bigger than Eva Marie was. You don't think she's that great? I don't. No, like if you was to uh, rate her wrestling, how how what would you rate it between one and ten? Five. I probably give it a six and a half and or seven, but I'll say she so, has improved though in the ring though, because well, before did, yeah. it before it used to seem like she was going through the motions in her head, like she was just you seen her. It seemed more choreographed. Now it, it it it's more of a smoother flow. Especially I saw it in this match how how, how she was selling for uh, Shayna Baszler. Man, that was pretty cool. Oh, her selling is great, but I mean it's it's her offense that I can't get behind yet. And and it, don't get me wrong, like I said, I mean I could see the potential and I could see it being something bigger than it is now. Not feeling the V trigger, bro. What's up? You're not feeling the V trigger? Not hers, no. <laughs> no. Um, she got a I nasty think, big V trigger, bro. I think Sonya Sonya Deville should have been the breakout star out of the two of them. She might be. She's on SmackDown. She's getting a lot of camera time. She's paired up with Adam Pierce. You know, this is how they kind of did. If you think about it, this is how kind of did with Baron Corbin. How they set him up for you know that established main event mid card role. That he was Where more of a bad. Right, he was Her. more of a backstage role for being GM. Now this is kind of like that same lane for Sonya, Sonya Deville. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping for a big, bigger push with her. I do like I want to say this. I do like the Mandy Rose Dana Brooke pair, pairing. I think they can kind of go hand in hand together because they kind of got the same look, sort of. Um, I want to say this. If anybody watched Raw last night and they seen that front rope uh, drop kick that she did off the apron and Nia. That was hot as shit. You know, <laughs> she, she hit that so smoothly. And I want to say that I did tweet um, online yesterday um, on my actual Twitter page that Dana Brooke has impressed the shit out of me 
in the last couple months with her in-ring ability because she just keeps getting better and better. Um, I think they had a lot of work to do when she was in NXT. Um, when they had her pairing with Emma, when she came up to the main roster and paired with Charlotte. Um, I think right now the pairing she has with Mandy Rose I think is a great fit for her. I think it's going to be something big. Um, we'll see what happens. Do I think that they should be the next women's tag team champions? No, but I see it within the year. Um, because it's time Dana Brooke becomes champion. And whether or not that's with Mandy Rose, I think it's time Dana Brooke becomes champion. They might set up a match. I could see uh I could actually see Dana Brooke. Actually, no, what their what's their name? The Sexy Muscle Friends. Yeah, I'm gonna call them the Sexy Muscle <laughs> Friends. I can see the Sexy Muscle Friends actually go get Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax for WrestleMania at one of the nights for uh, the tag team championship. Well, we'll see, man. I mean, if they get a shot at uh, a match at WrestleMania, I'd be cool with it. Um, I'd be cool. I think I think the door is more open because you have two nights. If it was just one night, I probably was just, I probably, I probably wouldn't even entertain that. But since we have two nights, it's a little bit more open for for that. Yeah, and that's where you add other matches in. Like last year, they had, uh, like I said, Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley that was just randomly thrown there. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it gives people a chance to get their name out there and a chance to show what they are capable of on the showcase of the Immortals. Um, you know, but we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I, I like the feud. I like the kind of sense of humor that Shayna and I have been playing the past couple weeks. Um, you know, it kind of shows a little bit more of a personality with them. Uh, but I would with like Shayna because I, I thought she was always one note, especially in NXT. You always yeah. seen her just aggressive the entire time. That was it. Like she would try to be funny, but it wouldn't play off well. She's actually like to your point. She's actually playing off well with Nia Jax. Was yeah, some, you know, some tight great. comedic timing right there, man. So that's cool. I, I think it's great. And I think Shayna, you know, is coming into her own. And I think Nia brings that out of her. Um, I didn't know how I'd feel about them when they won the tag titles. But I did like I, I did like their run. I thought it was pretty solid. Um, but we go into the match of the night, in my opinion, after that uh, was Ricochet versus AJ Styles, which... I, I honestly love that match more and more that I think about it because, like like I said to you earlier today, Ricochet, I believe, in my opinion, is the most smoothest in-ring competitor in all of professional wrestling right now. And last night showed how smooth he is. And I don't know if it was because of who he was going against, if it was because of who AJ Styles is, because it's, it's AJ Styles, man. That's my. I wish I had my shirt up on his wall. I, I represent AJ Styles too on my wall at Excellence, bro. Because that man is the man right there. He's great, man, and in you know he's phenomenal. That's yes. that's how yes. you put it. He's phenomenal. <laughs> um, you know, I loved AJ since his early days in TNA, all the way to his last days in TNA, New Japan, Ring of Honor. You know. AJ Styles was just the man. He always has been. And when we watched the 2016 Royal Rumble and he came out, I think it was number Never three. Forget. Never forget it. <laughs> Never forget that. He number. came out, man, and I popped so hard that my brother ran into the room and he was like, yo, what are you yelling at? 
And I was like, y'all do it AJ Styles just came out and it's the coolest moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like you hear the the pianos, but then I'm looking at the Titan Tron and it says for I'm like, oh yeah. shit, he's here. They don't yeah. want none. They don't want none. I'm, <laughs> I'm jumping. I'm like, oh shit, let's go. And Roman Reigns got this look like he don't know what's up. I'm like, man, you about to whoop your ass. That's what's up right there. And he had a good fucking show in that match, dude. And then straight into a feud with straight into a feud with Jericho. Mm -hmm. Dude, he AJ Styles, one of the best. And you went one on one, him and Ricochet, and last year, I believe it was no, it was twenty nineteen when Ricochet versus Styles for the United States title, you know, they had those matches. And I think last night's match put all those matches to shame because that was it was so different. Their chemistry was together, and you could tell Ricochet's heart was in this match. Yeah, um, yeah, and, I think and it, it showed was, a whole I different think the match was, was scripted different too when they fought in 2019. That's when you know AJ had the. I was about to call them the Good Brothers. I'm so used to calling them that now because of Ben Pack, <laughs> <laughs> Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows. So he always had them interfere with them. Uh man, what was they what was they called again? What was they faction? The club? Was it called the, the club? club? It was the club when they first started doing things back when they did the whole thing with John Cena. Yeah. And then when they reunited, they went by the OC. Oh yeah, that's right. The OC. That's right. <laughs> the original club, basically. <laughs> the original club, the only club. You know, only club that matters. But, you know, I thought that was great, and I thought that would have been something. But, you know, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson got released a couple months after. Um, ended up being really upsetting because I wanted to see something bigger with AJ Anderson and Gallows, and it didn't go the way we wanted it to, unfortunately. But I, I a couple weeks ago, or a month and a half ago, when I had my co-host with me, we were talking about almost. Um, <laughs> what is your opinion on him? Do you think that AJ Styles really needs a bodyguard? Because my old co-host said that he thinks that he did, and I don't believe he does. But why not? Why not go back in history that? and and dig and look at Diesel and Shawn Michaels, man? Sometimes it's good to go back in history for that. You know, a good look for AJ. AJ doesn't need to say anything, but just basically co-signing like, man, this is, this is. This is the dude right here. This, this is. I don't need to say anything. Like you, you fuck with me. You gotta fuck with him too. So, just think if AJ well, so wasn't there. The only, saying, the only reason I'm saying that. So, almost is still one of those guys that we don't know what he's capable of. So until he gets in the ring, my opinion is gonna still be that. Like, why is he there? Um, I mean, I think it kind of plays off AJ a little bit with the promos and stuff like that, where AJ, when he did the whole thing with uh, Drew McIntyre and he jumped on his shoulders, I thought that was kind of funny, you know, and there's some stuff that happens that is kind of cool, but until he gets in the ring, we don't know what he's capable of. I mean, you had so many other guys that were bigger guys, not seven feet, but tall guys that could have played the part instead that actually could have been utilized into matches like Damian Priest. I mean, he's a tall dude. You could have had so many other options uh, with all these other guys. And sometimes it's, it's better to go with somebody who's just an unknown because if you would have went with like a Damian Priest, how long could you do that gimmick for? For like, you know, I'm going to be the bodyguard for AJ 
like maybe a month, month and a That's half, fair. maybe. Like, well, almost you can. Let's see. Let's go with this. Like, like I said, man, I, I'm very patient. That's just me. I understand some wrestlers like to have some some wrestling fans like to have it their way. I get it. That's just that's just part of wrestling, being part of the wrestling community. But with me, I'm I'm more of a patient guy, so I'm willing to go at this snail's pace for almost to see him develop. I'm already li liking the chemistry that's being developed between AJ and almost as well. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, they're talking about him making his in-ring debut at the Royal Rumble. Um, there's been, quote-unquote, rumors about that, so we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully something, we'll see what he can do. Um, we know he's just a giant, so we'll see what happens. He looks like he's quick on his feet. You remember the, he did that the Qatar segment when Elias, no, not Elias, it was Riker, was trying to hit AJ with that guitar, and he came yep. trying to push AJ Styles out the way and gave me a karate kick real quick. Which we all thought, I mean, I did at least. I thought that was interesting because it showed, like, this dude, he's going to have some hell of battles, man. And I think it's going to be something interesting to watch for sure. Um, you know, then they had the dirt sheet, which I really don't want to talk about because I thought that thing was <laughs> We got to. This is, we're a wrestling show. Um, we got to. <laughs> I mean, I love I love the Miz and Morrison. I always have, always will. I think they're one of the best tag teams. I think what they're doing right now, I think the way WWE has them booked is just a joke, which is really sad because they're talent. They're they're ridiculously talented. John Morrison went from being Impact World Champion oh, yeah. to re-signing with WWE to just being a joke, which is really sad because that dude is ridiculously talented. Um you know, I, I think the whole thing would have been cool if you didn't have to check that Scottish dude's ass crack the entire time. Um, that was just too much to watch, man. And it, it was just like, you know, even uh, what's his name? Uh, Tom Phillips even said that shit. He was like, yo, pull up your pants, man. Like, we don't want to see that shit. It seemed like he uh, said that which, like legit. Like, he wasn't supposed to say that. Like, he wanted to, he was just frustrated yeah. about his dude ass crack. Like, like, was, no one wants to see that, bro. It was not in the script. It was not in the script. And he just like, y'all, dude, pull up those pants. Like, pull up your kilt. Right. You know, Gilbert. Gilbert's always funny to watch, oh, you know, yeah, imitating man. Goldberg. Ha, 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 Oh man, he he's just funny. But I mean, it was it was interesting to watch. And uh, Miz and Morrison did this thing on uh, Raw Talk yesterday where they asked our truth because our truth was tag team partners with both of them um, at some point. And he asked them which which one of us Miz is like which one of us do you think was a better tag team partner? And our truth's like I don't want to answer it, you know. And Miz is like. I'm going to pick John Morrison. And John Morrison's like, I'm going to pick John Morrison. And they're like, you know, that's not an option. He's like, well, uh, I was just that great. You know, <laughs> I, I love John Morrison, dude. I always have. I think he's fantastic. I always liked the Miz, even when he was the chick magnet back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he played those, the hoorah, you know, stupid shit like that. But yeah. it's fun to watch, you know, it, it's been fun. <laughs> To watch the Miz grow into the person he is now, um, I hate watching him as a joke because I think he's ridiculously gifted. Uh, on that mic, I think he's been progressing the last four or five years to being a top star again. Um, and I think this time is actually a chance where he actually could showcase what he is.
That brings um, me to my next question then uh, for The Miz. You think he'll cash in successfully then? Um, It depends on who's champion. Because in my opinion, I didn't think The Fiend was going to lose the title to Goldberg. And then he did. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's WWE, man, and anything's possible. So we don't know what happens at the Royal Rumble. Drew McIntyre, obviously, in my opinion, should be the one to retain. It's WWE, and does Goldberg win the title? Nah, hell no. Nah. Goldberg, what Goldberg needs to do is do the right thing and put Drew over and put Drew over in a squash match. Like, yeah. they want to tell that story, and I think that's what they're telling because they're just showing, like I said before last week on the show, they're showing these old clips of Bill Goldberg, of just him being dominating, like when he, when he dominated, when he came back and faced uh, Brock Lesnar. So they're kind of setting this up like, oh, man, he has to be a, a challenge for Drew. But maybe Drew is right when he said that in that promo. Do you want to actually go against, you know, like Goldberg in your prime? Because that's who I am to you. Goldberg in your prime, bro. And when he said yeah. that, I'm like, yes, debate, the debate is over. This, 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 we shouldn't be doing this match, Goldberg. So that's what I think, bro. I just, I really wish he didn't come out because, you know, Goldberg's put a bad taste in a lot of fans' mouths ever since the match with The Undertaker. Oh, yes. Um, Rightfully so. You know, and and burying The Fiend when The Fiend was this untouched, unharmed person, persona, um, and then you had Goldberg come in and beat the shit out of him to go under the turnbuckle, hold the title up, and The Fiend just stand behind him like nothing happened, but he lost the title. Um, you know, I don't want to see that shit happen with McIntyre because McIntyre, he, he's always been great. He was the chosen one from the get go, man. And right. To, I, but to answer your question about the Miz, like I said, it depends on who's changing. When he cashes in, it depends on who's champion. Cause if it's Drew, I don't think so. Uh, it's hard to say, man, because I, I look at it more of a, on, on a business side too. Because you got to look at as Miz almost, I would say he's the second man. He's just like the second man to Drew when it comes to being face of, of the Raw or USA Network because he has his own show, you know. So I don't think, like, our, I know WWE has a habit of, like, going for these asinine things. But if he's going to be your, your face for the Network USA, Maybe he's gonna cash in successfully. That's why I, I gotta call it. So for me, from a business side, that's why I think Miz will probably. It, it, and to me, it doesn't matter who's who's champion. So you think Miz is gonna have a successful cashing? Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping so. I mean, me being a Miz fan, I hope so. I uh, I see it a little bit differently when it comes to WWE. Obviously, I mean, being the USA Network, like you said, having a show on the USA Network. I think that kind of plays that whole, like you said, I mean, he's the USA guy, you know, he's got his show on there, stuff like that. They're going to want him to be a champion again, eventually, um, to be WWE champion. I think putting the title on him to have him fight Morrison, um, I think that could be something potentially oh, that would yes. be really cool to it's watch. It's a long-term than- story building right there, too, between Morrison and and Miz for the eventual for the eventual split because Morrison's going to be a face. He's you see that, you know. What oh I'm yeah, saying? he's he's he has perfect comedic timing with the Miz, 
it seems like he's always agreeing with the faces every time the Miz is asking Morrison like a question that he expects yep. Morrison to agree with him. Right. <laughs> and then you showed that last night. I yes, mean, exactly. showed, you know. But we'll see what happens. I mean, I would love to see Morrison actually winning the title this time. Um, when Miz won the title last time, and they had that match right after TLC's King of the Ring, where Morrison fought Sheamus, he ended up becoming number one contender um right after that and he won he went one-on-one against the Miz and the Miz ended up retaining the title and that was one of the last matches Morrison had before he left um I would love to see Morrison have that time where he goes ahead to head against the Miz again but this time takes the title and becomes champion because we all know Morrison has that look you know he's got the talent Morrison is he has an a eight champion. pack bro like come on <laughs> so does Tony Meese. Right. You got you eight know? pack too. Right. But I but, say I say know. Morrison eight pack is better. <laughs> he's got the he's got more look. Yeah, absolutely. Um I know we touched base on the hurt business already with Matt Riddle versus Leave the Party. Um I don't like to see the tension between the hurt business. Um I honestly I believe it's either gonna turn them into a more destructive force or it's gonna have Cedric break away. Um, you know, I've listened. I, to I don't know. Time. I don't know. Like, because towards the end, you saw Bobby Lashley had his arm around Cedric, just basically trying to try to, try to cool him off. And to right. me, I saw that kind. I saw that different because I saw MVP kind of just tagged up with Shelton, but yet I saw Cedric, you know, with partner up with uh, Bobby Lashley, and I'm like, okay. You know, because I always say maybe I don't want them to see I don't want to see a split, but I'll be cool with a change in leadership, though. Like, right. Like Bobby, well, like Bobby's top dog, but second in command. I'm I'm cool with Cedric calling the shots, too. Well, I've listened. And for all my fans that are listening, if you listen to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast, they've debated this a couple times about <laughs> her business. And they're split eventually between two and two, where Shelton and MVP go their one way, and Bobby Lashley and Cedric will go theirs. Um, you know, I, I see that happening, man. I got to yell at my dog really quick because he won't stop. Um, but yeah, so I see that shit happening. Um, we'll see what happens eventually down the road. I don't want to see them drop the titles to the Lucha House Party, obviously. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Um, we'll see what happens, you know, only time tells, man. And, you know, it's WWE, anything can happen. I would like to see them, if they're going to lose the titles, I'd like to see them lose it to the Hardy Bros, you know, (laughs) or some stupid shit like that, you know, but we'll see what happens with that too. Um, you know, you had a quick match between Jackson Riker versus Jeff Hardy. Um, you know, Jeff Hardy. Jackson Riker, I think, should never have been split with the Forgotten Sons, but I get why they did it. I get oh, yeah, what happened. Yeah. They didn't need that. You know, I get. The, <laughs> I get the controversy shit. You know, the Forgotten Sons could have been something bigger, but you know they weren't. You know, I gotta be honest. I was never a fan of Forgotten Sons, even with they even down there in NXT. I was never a fan really? of Forgotten Sons. Yeah, never. Interesting. Didn't like their gimmick. I didn't like how they were just like, uh, we're, we're the forgotten. Like, uh, you know, it just never got to me, man. 
I, I thought I, I, I thought I, they I, was the only tag team in NXT that they didn't like jail with anybody else on that on that route. That's fair. I did like them though. I I think it was something different, and I, I liked Wesley Blake when he was with Murphy, and I think that guy is the breakout star of that team for sure. Um, but now they're the Knights of the Lone Wolf, and now uh, Jackson Riker just follows suit with Elias. So um, I want to see the Jeff Hardy Elias feud come and go really fast because we already seen that. We already saw and it's ran its course. We, we should be finite with this. Yeah, it, it's just rough, man. But <laughs> we'll see what happens with Jeff. Um, you know, it's getting to that time where Jeff's starting to slow down. So I hate to say that, but it's almost time for his his career to end too. Um, but then we go into the main event, which uh, noted um, it was three weeks in a row that Alexa Bliss has been into the final moments of each show. Yes. Um, you know, and they have noted that that was the first time that any female wrestler has been in a main event segment or match three weeks in a row. Um, and it goes to the one and only, my favorite female wrestler, Alexa Bliss. Um, yeah, she's she's great, man. And last night showed a whole different thing um, where she did the whole switcheroo in mid-match. Um, went from the little playing, jumping around for joy into the <laughs> theme chick, you know, quote-unquote, and then ended up beating Asuka, which was actually a surprise to me. But at the same time, I seen it happening. I did. The match going in, the promo that they had earlier, oh, I yeah. seen Alexa Bray yeah. going Because you've seen Bray Wyatt do the same thing before he do the whole you know i saw him with the miz when when you had bray wyatt versus the miz he came out all happy with the whole mr rogers routine with the sweater like man i'm just glad to be here you know <laughs> but when he's the fiend it's totally different so like like your assessment man you're right on i saw that the whole way when i saw that promo she's on the swing happy i'm like oh she's about to destroy oscar in that match it's gonna be oh, a whole yeah. other side <laughs> and i remember uh I was getting ready to take my dog out, but I was watching in the glimpse of my TV and I seen the kicks and the back elbow or whatever that Asuka hit in the end. And, uh, you know, I thought, I was like, oh, shit, she's got Alexa dead to rights. And, you know, all of a sudden Alexa gets back up and hits her with the sister Abigail and does the little kiss on the forehead and, you know, one, two, three. And then she just goes to be in the little happy-go-lucky Alexa Bliss again all of a sudden, you know, and. That's the only highlight I love about no crowd is because you could do so much different things right now because you could tape that segment and put it into your live TV and then do it again. Like, you know, it's just it's all interesting to me because there's so much more you can do. In yes, wrestling, you can have, right? You can now. have a, a murder attempts. Well, not yep. murder attempts. It's an actual murder. You had that. Yep. You couldn't do that with a live crowd. Without yep. the live crowd, we can do whatever. I'm I'm killing people now. That's yep. what Randy said. So yeah, yeah. So that's a good point, man. The door is the door is wide open with the with the you know the quarantine era of wrestling. I think it's great. I I think putting a lot of wrestlers out of work is hard because a lot of independent shows. You know, you got a lot of indie wrestlers out there oh, yeah. trying to make their name for themselves and stuff like that, and it's very hard to do when. W to, or like all the indie shows aren't even open 
You know, oh, like yeah, WWE, WWE, AEW, all that. They ain't, they ain't really doing how uh, training right now, like uh, open open training to see what these people are capable of. Um, you know, they're not doing talents talent scouting right at the moment. Yeah, you know, yeah. they got what they got, and if they know people and know how they work. You know, like Des, Des and Wentz from the Rascals from Impact Wrestling, as we've seen, they debuted on NXT last week. Um, you know, they're they're hot, man. They're great. I, I, I love watching their matches. Right now, um, you know, AEW have the Acclaimed, who, you know, Anthony Bowens used to wrestle on the Independence. Max Caster used to wrestle on the Independence, and they brought them in as extras. And who knew that they'd become one of the hottest tag teams, at least in my opinion. I love watching the acclaimed. The acclaimed I think, I think, with their John Cena raps. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, dude. And it's so slow, man. If you ever get a chance, man, check out his stuff on YouTube because Max Caster just rolls, man. He's cool. I, I, I love him. I think they're great. Uh, my old co-host thought Anthony, Anthony Bowens was going to be the breakout star of that group. Mm-hmm. I give it to Max Caster for sure. Um, I think he's got more charisma, charisma out of the two. Um, and in pro wrestling, as we know, charisma is more where it's at. You it know? is. It is. Like, you know, I think I want to say maybe the last five to six years of wrestling, it, it all has been about in-ring ability, you know, but maybe these last, I'm on this last year or so, Especially in the quarantine era of wrestling, man, it's been more about about character work. And with, with me, it's always been about character for when it came to wrestling. Like, yeah, the the in ring in ring ability was is cool, but if you're not doing nothing character wise, like, all right, what's what's the purpose? What's driving you? All right, you yeah. know, uh, the promos. Let me hear that mouth. Let me hear that mouthpiece. Like, that's what attracted me to Stone Cold. It's like, dude, who's this badass just saying anything that he wants, man? Like he's giving his boss the finger and then tell him to, you know, go to hell and give him a stun or two. Like, hell yeah, bro. And I'm 13 looking at this. Which we all wish we could do to our bosses sometimes. You know, say F you and stunner them, you know. Right. Right, man. So who doesn't want to do that, man? So that's like, that's my type of wrestling when when the story gets me, you know, that the character evolving. From from being in such a good rivalry too, like see how they respond. It's that all that plays a part for me, man. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's what they need, man. They need more rising stars, and um, I think right now gives them the big opportunity, the quarantine area, to find who their next rising stars are. It um, seemed like they they realized that because especially on SmackDown, you see that because they fixed a lot of shit on SmackDown. Like you saw, Kevin Owens was kind of floating around since you know yeah. last WrestleMania since the the Seth Rollins and he was just kind of doing this KO show thing. You know, he always said, yeah, man, I'm just trying to figure out who I am. You're just trying to, you know, just trying to do good and all of that. I'm like, okay, but let's see, let's see, let's see this, get this going, man. I want to see the progress. But now ever since he got tied up to the head of the table, you see the progress, you know, yeah. look what the head of the table is doing for, for uh, Jay Uso or Shinsuke now, man. He did that beating. Now he came back as a face. We have his original music now, so everybody's happy. So, hell yeah. And we, all, we all see the turn between Cesaro and Shinsuke about to happen. Oh, that's and coming. We're going to get one hell 
of a rivalry between the two of them because you got two talents that are just going to go head to head and beat the shit out of each other, you know. But and they, uh, and, they thing, and they can both go hard, man. So they go like that really stiff style, that New Japan style. <laughs> oh hell yeah, man! Hell yeah, you got the uppercuts by Cesaro and the kicks by Shinsuke. Ooh man, that's going to be great. But uh, one thing I want to talk about really quick before we head off: uh, those new camera angles, man. Those eight K. You know, it's something new. You know, we are only getting it with the entrances, of course. Um, but it makes you feel like you're right there, man. Dude, it kind of threw me off. Like, I'm seeing Jay, and he was like, I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, that looked kind of hot. You know, the it was more of a portrait style when you look at it on an iPhone. Like, it's blurring yeah. the back. It's more focused on you, if I could describe that to our listeners. So that's how that 8K camera was shot. Like, if you had an iPhone, you're doing a portrait style, like... It's like everything's kind of blurring the back. It's more focused, but everything seemed like you're right there in front of you, though, man. It was kind of hot, though. It, it was solid, and I, I can't wait to see more stuff with the AK backstage promo and stuff like that. I think it'd be so much cooler and yeah. make Hell something yeah. more more to talk about WWE because, obviously, WWE's lost its drive for a while, and AEW is the hot thing to talk about. Um, Impact's becoming bigger. Impact, again. man. The Impact is on the rise, bro. After that hard to kill pay per view, I'm not gonna. I know I'm gonna recap on the Clark Street Wrestling Show with my boy Fees. That I can't wait, man, because that shit was hot, bro. Yeah, and uh, for my listeners, you know, check out Clark Street Wrestling podcast. You know, listen to my boy Devin here do his thing. <laughs> uh, they talk about all good things wrestling as well. You know, um, but Devin, I appreciate you being on here with me. No problem, um, yeah, man. Really Anytime cool for a have... friend, bro. I'm glad you reached out, man. I'm just here just to talk, chalking it up with you, bro. Oh, hell yeah, man. It has been really fun. Um, hopefully, we can have you back again eventually here down the road and talk more wrestling, get these people uh, thinking about who the head of the table really is. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, Devin, we'll see you soon. All right, bro. Later. Ah, peace out.